1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The
0: Around the NFL Podcast
2: is the Mike McCarthy of time management. Oh, from the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I'm with heroes, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. The three of us, along with Ricky Hollywood, she got her credential. We're at SoFi Stadium about an hour ago uh, watching the Steelers-Chargers clash. And uh, I hate to say it, Greggie, but we blew it in a big spot. We leave. I'm looking at the game summary here. And we're going to get to all the games. uh, Week 11 played Sunday in just a bit. But we leave. At 34-20, Austin Eckler goes in from five yards out, seven plays, 75 yards, 247 possession. It was like, oh, Pittsburgh, they're just never going to get a stop. As soon as we leave the fucking building, we get <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, five-yard touchdown pass, 34. Um, no, we get a Eric Ebron touchdown, nine plays, 75 yards. We get an interception by the Chargers, Pat Fryermuth, five yards. Uh, touchdown, two yard, two plays, 11 yards, 34-34. Boswell, 45-yard field goal.
3: After an interception that went off of a helmet. 37-34.
2: There
3: was a block punt earlier. We did see that.
2: And then a classic ending for the Chargers and their fans. There weren't a lot of them in that building, but a classic ending, and we're going to get to all of it. But, Mark, you know. Uh, we left before the, the classic part of the game entered the equation. I know you were upset to see all those Steelers fans uh, sad at the end of the game and miss out on that.
4: Did get to see Cam Hayward punch Justin Herbert on the ground. Um, <laughs> that's when I decided to leave at one point. Uh, I mean, it was, I remember growing up, uh, I used to get on this one kid because he had a story that he and his dad left game six of Mets Red Sox um, when he was a youth. I was like, you, you, do- I would never myself game. do that. Well, I'm not saying it's the equal because the stakes weren't even remotely close. But uh, my cl- – No, it's my- not our team, and we were coming back to I, record a show. That's true. But <laughs> I would just say that it's the first time I've ever found myself in this situation where, like, theatrics and amazing moments happened after I was not in the building. I,
2: very, so. I, very, I came very close to going back into the building because we <laughs> had the press pass, uh, but I couldn't get any internal support. Like, well,
3: I don't know if, yeah, we could have gotten internal. in the yeah. same – The thing that was crazy about it, though, is – we left during the Steelers' touchdown drive, which made it 34-27. So that, that drive started with under nine minutes to go. Right. We were watching on TV here, and that drive wasn't over yet. That's how close we are to getting back <laughs> that we got back within a four-minute drive uh, from the game from the press box to here. That I mean, Craig, is an Greg amazing thing. Greg was taken
4: in a private helicopter from the press box to the <laughs> roof of our building. I'm just saying that's an amazing
3: but... thing. The stadium was amazing. And yeah, like Chargers fans get a lot of grief because fans come in and take their stadium. Number one, uh, a lot of Steelers fans were walking out with us when we left. One, uh, they were down by two touchdowns. So bad job by you guys because your team went and took a lead later on. Uh, and then second of all, the atmosphere where there's two different fan bases cheering, you're like, okay, that's not great if you're a Chargers fan, but it's pretty cool. Like, it's the Chargers fans were still loud in there, and the Steelers fans were loud, and like
2: as someone who's not a fan of either, it's just like it was. A, it's a cool atmosphere. All right, let's okay start going through the games, and we'll start with the game that we were at but missed out all the fun on. Let's head to SoFi Stadium, <laughs> some fun. with on. the great Matt Money Smith on the fun. call. Oh! Here comes the blitz. Throw outside. The number's caught. Left sideline, 25-20. Mike Williams hurdles into the end zone. (laughs) Touchdown, Chargers. 53 yards. Oh, Bongo's right out the gate. And I want Money to know, because Money listens to the show, and he is the voice of God for the Around the NFL podcast and the voice of the Chargers, is that we got back here late and I said, hey, we got to get the money call. Not the Westwood one call, not the Al Michaels call, the money call. And Ricky and Gravedigger said, oh, it's going to be an extra 10 minutes or so. And I said, it's worth it. He's the voice of God. And that's one of the big plays in recent Chargers history. Justin Herbert to Mike Williams from for 53 yards. It is the game-winning score in one of the craziest games of the season. 41-37, the Chargers beat the... The Steelers, a game that featured 27 points from the Steelers in the fourth quarter. Many of them coming after we had left the building, Mark. Uh, A game that looked like it was in the Steelers' back pocket. They let it uh, in the Chargers' back pocket. The Steelers storm back, but somehow L.A. finds a way, Sizzler. Well, I'm
4: stunned by what we watched. Although, I mean, I feel like if someone told me before the game, will this thing go down to the end because it is the Chargers, I would have said yes, but... I mean to think that the Steelers are 0 and 230. This stunning stat, when trailing by 17 in the fourth quarter of games, that they climbed back out of it. I, I that that thing threw me right there. But it was a series of Chargers mistakes that opened the door, and then at the end, because I think their offense had been so hot all night long. At one point, it was like 400-and-something yards to about 170 for the Steelers. They were moving the ball at will. Justin Herbert was running wild on them, and it was a very Chargers-esque almost ending, and they climbed their way out of it. I mean, the Chargers scored on their first five possessions,
3: but in, in weird Chargers fashion, they actually had more possessions in the fourth quarter than they did in the first three combined, and that included the block punt. We did see that, Danny. I mean, we didn't miss everything. We saw some dimes from Justin Herbert. I mean, the the throw that he had to Allen in the first quarter, like the whole shot, and then the 30-yard BB down the field in the third quarter, like those were amazing to see live. Then you get an interception, a fluky play uh, off a helmet. You go for it on fourth down in your own end, and when they didn't get it, <laughs> This is the moment where the Steelers have a chance to go win the game, put a touchdown in. You know, this is the moment where you say, like, if Herbert doesn't win this game, this is catastrophic. Mm -hmm. He's got to go down and make a drive. And he had a chance to make a drive because the Steelers went three and out. Uh, right after they didn't get the fourth down. So that that's part of the reason why you go for the fourth down because your defense can pick you up. They did. And then instead of everything crumbling like you said it would have and that this was a big moment in Chargers history that Herbert was going to become part of Chargers like <laughs> like lore in terms of being cursed. Uh, he didn't
2: do it. He didn't well, happen, yes. Dan. What it I, didn't I said happen. before the Mike Williams the play w. W. was with the world falling down and 45,000 Steelers fans waving towels in L.A. going nuts, if the Chargers blew this game in front of Al, Chris, Michelle in the world, and Herbert was right in the middle of it, even if he had played a good game overall, a great game overall, to me, it's like he's part of this now. He's part of all this Chargers (laughs) pain, and it's very real. And any Charger fan, no matter where you are in the country, uh, knows that. And yet, I thought that was kind of like the big overarching story, is that Justin Herbert... Uh, And I know it was a busted coverage by Pittsburgh and Collinsworth pointed it out correctly that there's no way you have a busted coverage in that spot on the Williams TD if Minka Fitzpatrick is playing. And there's so many big time players for the Steelers that were out, including TJ Watt and Joe Hayden uh, and Fitzpatrick. Uh, so the fact that they were almost able to come back and win really is a testament, and Big Ben played well in this game. But to me, Justin Herbert's ability to say, no, 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 screw all that, the ghosts of the past, screw the fact that there are 45,000 people from Pennsylvania ready to party in our building, I am going to make sure we leave a winner. And if you're a Chargers fan, you just have to be pinching yourself that you have somebody who has that power.
4: And, I mean, Justin Herbert, all night long, was showing us who he was. And it was, you know, it's his arm, it's the dimes he threw. I was just so impressed with how he kept filleting the Steelers on the ground, 90 yards off nine carries, so many of those that moved the chains. And the, the Steelers climbing back in. I mean, it, was, it wasn't, it was I want to call it fluky because they made the plays they needed to play, but they had a touchdown drive that was 11 yards, a field goal drive that was 7 and it's another touchdown drive with a net yards of three yards. I mean, it's like they they were just set. They they were put in position to climb back into this thing in a fluky way. And the Chargers, their offense, which had been cooking all game long, answered when they needed to. You're right. He would have been baked in Justin Herbert into that scenario that the Chargers have lost something like 34 games in the in this scenario in the fourth quarter Moses since 2011. 2011 yeah. And it it, there have been one of those this year. But you know, under in past years there were multiple. He is not part of that story. He is not. Right.
3: Well, he was a little bit last year. They were cursed, uh, but they they finished strong. Both these teams need to evolve, or they're not going to go anywhere. They're they're flawed teams right now. But we've seen that teams can change during the season. This was Ben's best game of the season. So once they get their defensive players back, that's something good to feel about. This Chargers defense, though, is it's a problem. Herbert, though. 382 and 90. No one's ever put up that in the history of the NFL. 3 that many yards <laughs> throwing and that many yards rushing. That's so a that, score
4: I
2: got me I can get behind. There you
4: go. I That's, mean, I do think it's important there's no J, there's no Watt in this game. There's no Micah Fitzpatrick. I think there were plays where had Micah Fitzpatrick been in the in the sure. game, it would have been very different for the Chargers, but
2: every team's dealing with that. Uh and we will see where the Steelers go from here again. They they're 5-4 and 1. They had the embarrassing tie last week. They really Fought their butts off to get back into this game. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're cooked into that the mediocre stew that has become the AFC North. So they still have a chance to make a playoff run. The Chargers do, too. Uh, but you're right, Greg. Neither of these teams are perfect. Neither of these teams' profile is a true Super Bowl contender. But look at the rest of the league right now. They're, you could look at any team, really, and say, ah, not a true Super Bowl team. Well, there's going to be two teams playing in the Super Bowl. Um, great game. And Austin Eckler, by the way, four touchdowns. In a, fun, a little under the radar. It was,
3: it was, nice, it was nice to be at a, a football game all together. I know we were there in London, but it wasn't wasn't the whole group, and this was this was our first uh, game together since
4: since we were all. I together. mean, we, we at saw the last Super Bowl when the, with that the Chiefs won the win. West was. With we it. saw David Justice. We saw Snoop Dogg. We saw Mike Tyson. Tyson. I mean, I, I, there was a lot of stuff happening outside of the tic tac of the game. It's I mean, there's a lot of visual. There's a visual feast.
2: A great stadium. Um, that was a lot of fun, even if we blew it. Anyway, there are more games to get to, so uh, Ricky, let us roll on. A twenty-nine-yard field goal to win the game against the eight-and-two Packers. Right hash, Joseph. Snap, spot, Joseph.
5: Yes, he did. He walked off on the Green Bay Packers.
2: Hit him, Joseph. Paul Allen with the call, K F A N. Justin Jefferson went off again, 8 for 169 and two touches. And Greg Joseph booted that 29-yard field goal. as time expired to give the Vikings a 34-31 win over the Packers. Just a classic uh, back-and-forth game. Two division rivals that hate each other. Loved it. Loved this game.
4: You're a Vikings fan at this point. I think we that's made clear to, to the listeners. Well, to they're us. the
2: team of Zeus Thiel. And I said on Thursday, I thought the Vikings were going to win this game because they are a real deal team. They are a team that can let you down. They could go lay an egg in their next game. That would not surprise me either. But when they are playing well, they can beat anybody in the league. And a lot of that uh, goes back to their offense. And when Justin Jefferson is being used in the right way, as he's been used these last two weeks, and when Kirk Cousins is playing at a level, Greg, do you know the stat? I believe it is D-Y-A-R. Uh, yeah, yards over replacement, basically or above. He is second in the NFL now, Kirk Cousins, in that stat. I mean, he is having an incredible <laughs> season. I mean, the, the stat that he
3: has, literally the highest completion percentage since Next Gen Stats has kept track of it on throws over ten yards, is outrageous. In the last five years, Kirk Cousins' seasons, right? Now, that's down the field throws. It's not
2: those thinks and done. So what's happening here is that Cousins is playing better than ever. Jefferson is. Arguably, I think the best wide receiver in football. You have the best second banana in Adam Thielen and then Dalvin Cook. And it was just a great game. And Aaron Rodgers played brilliantly as well on the other side of the football. Um, And it it just came down to Minnesota got the ball last and they made the kick and went home. And afterwards, Mike Zimmer, uh, he he, you know, he's sick of this. The, 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 The Vikings have held a lead of at least seven or more points in every game this year. And all of their games have been decided wow. by one score. It's taking years off the man's life, and you can hear it in his press conferences.
5: Sundays are not fun. <laughs> Sunday, you know, they say Sunday's fun day. It is, no, it's not at all.
4: I mean, like, I'm sorry, but Mike Zimmer has never participated in what we would call a Sunday fun day. He's pointed, Sunday is fun day. He doesn't even Do know the term. Do they say that, but...
3: though? Who says that? Do they say Sunday is fun day?
4: I don't know. But Correct. you know what? I it actually, is a term. Sunday
3: fun uh, day.
2: Okay. Maybe like, not for Greg. But. I think Zimmer's our spirit animal, animal a little bit. And, uh, Ricky, let's, we should uh, trim that uh, – take that uh, drop for the future because – That was fun. Anyway, great game. Like I said, Rodgers, Cousins going at it back and forth. Before the uh, game-winning kick, Greg, for the Vikings, it was Rodgers with a beautiful rainbow strike to MVS for 75 yards. It was just that type of game. You know, you score too quick. You don't want to give Cousins that much time to go back. It's
3: For real, when he gets a chance to put them in position to win this year, almost every time he's done it, one thing – that struck me just statistically is the Packers pressured Cousins on over forty percent of his throws, which is a really high number. So for Cousins who after the game said that maybe he was even a little too aggressive and he got away with some throws like, don't think that Kirk. This this Kirk that we've seen the last two weeks especially, where you've been so aggressive, is why you've won these games.
4: Well it's two weeks in a row where, you know, again, we all have Vikings friends that are fans and they're they've been out of their minds They've closed games two weeks in a row. This is a, as big as it gets for them. And I, I, like, I the Packers come out of it banged up. Elton Jenkins, they think he might have torn his
2: ACL. That's a Did huge loss for good. them.
4: Aaron Rodgers has this it, he, a toe injury that he said is worse than turf oh, Do we have
2: that, Ricky? Do we have Rodgers? Let's see Rodgers on that because this is notable.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, very, very painful. Got stepped on in the first half, and that kind of activated all the symptoms I was having. So, it's going to be another painful week next week, and then hopefully start to feel a little better on the bye.
4: Dude, man, you ever, like, walk in the middle of the night through your house and, like, bang your big toe on, like, the edge of a door? <laughs> I want to punch <laughs> someone in the head when that happens. Like, this is three times, ten times worse than that. Give yeah, me a break.
2: We'll, we'll see. He was moving well in this game, and he actually threw four touchdown passes all on Green Bay's final four uh, hmm. possessions. So I, It's we'll funny because this might
3: – got to watch it, but it's up there as the best game uh, the Packers offense has had
2: all year they were great and they didn't even you know it's funny cuz you AJ Dillon all the talk around him he didn't really they never really gave him a chance to get things going he, he but he was active he was active in the passing game so he he had a role with it but it was really you know Devonte Adams Aaron Rodgers being unstoppable MVS making a big play down the field so i'm not worried about their offense mm-hmm. it, but it does remind you again because we and we all talked up green bay's defense over the past 3 weeks or so it's like even the t- defenses that we decide are, quote, unquote, good. Then the game comes like this, like, oh, well, you know, on any week like,
4: they're good for like six days while we talk them up and then they get whacked yeah, they you seem know. to do that. To it's us. good for this division, though, because it brings it, it makes it 10 times more interesting.
2: All right. Let us uh, move on. So the Vikings, they get a big win. And now we head to Arrowhead where the Cowboys were looking to make a statement.
5: Four-man rush. Chiefs push the pocket again. They hit Prescott. They'll sack Prescott. A five-sack performance by the Chiefs. Chris
2: Jones, that is his fourth sack of this game. Ooh-wee. Mitch Holtis with the call WDAF. They gave him credit for a half sack there. Which, come on. When you have a game like Chris Jones had on Sunday, you give him the full sack. The other guy will understand. Chris Jones finished with three and a <laughs> half other sacks. The guy. He forced a fumble also, recovered another. Trevarius White, Lajarius Sneed, both intercepted Dak Prescott and big points of the game. And the AFC West leading Chiefs roll 19-9 over the Cowboys. Greg, we all expected, all right, let's admit it, we hoped for an epic shootout. Instead, KC's fast-improving defense did the heavy lifting.
3: It it was a shocking game, a shocking... Final nineteen to nine, in Chiefs Cowboys. Dak was out of it, missed throws, discombobulated. Steve Spagnolo blitzed them uh, into smithereens. They didn't have Tyron Smith in this game. Their left tackle, Amari Cooper, of course, got COVID. Then Ceedee Lamb left at halftime. But it was ugly in the first half too. So you can't just you can't just put it on the injuries. It was the Chiefs defense and again you you give him so much praise I'm not saying it's going to happen week after week but they were just aggressive they were open field tackling like I said they were blitzing he got blitzed I think on 14 different throws and he ended up with 54 yards and an interception on those throws and usually Dak Prescott's kind of known as the guy who kills the blitz so it was an unconventional strategy and on a day where Patrick Mahomes basically had the same stat line as all those games where everyone were were killing the Chiefs offense, he ends up with 260 yards and a pick on 37 attempts. The pick was fluky. Uh the Chiefs win going away and you never really felt that it was that close because the Chiefs
2: defense and especially Chris Jones just gave it to him over and over. I don't know what to think. <laughs> I mean, it must have been frustrating as a Cowboys fan when you're trying to get back in this game and the offense, Dallas offense Cause the D played well uh, for the Cowboys. So they kept on giving the ball back to Dak and sending him back on the field. It's like, all right, come on, get going, get us back in this game. T- take a lead, go win the game. But then when you lose CD, CD lamb, uh, when you have a Cooper, who by the way, was not vaccinated. So not only is he out this game, he's missing Thanksgiving. He's killing his team. Um, You find the Cowboys having to target Cedric Wilson over and over again, trying to mount a comeback. Michael Gallup, who was on IR, is now your number one wide receiver. And it just felt like they were a little shorthanded when they really needed to be explosive. It's just like this is now two two out of three weeks where the Cowboys are looking uh, very human. um, And if you're a Cowboys fan, you're a little bit nervous you you never want to peak too early did the cowboys peak i'm not there yet but it's just it's on the radar radar after the last 3 weeks or they're like
4: 89% of the league which is going to give you an inconsistent product. That's just, I'm fine with that. I did not know what, I'd, I was not ready to believe in Kansas City's defense. They gave up 17 to the Giants, seven to a Jordan Love-led Packers team, throw that out, out the window, and that wipeout against the Raiders. This, this, I buy into this. I realized Dallas was down, guys, but they just seemed to have their act together. That's a full month of games right there where they aren't the mess they were early on in the season. Right. I, I, to me, I buy that. And for Dallas, like, I, I don't care about the Broncos game, but it's two of three weeks with shaky results. But they played three games in 12 games in 12 days, and to not have Amari Cooper for two of them is a killer. Ty- Tyron Smith, I think, is the most important of all of them. But we- we'll see if it, it looked
3: like Lamb Lam was getting his head checked out. Uh, maybe it was a concussion, it sounded like. Uh, that's a problem. They have the Raiders on Thanksgiving. We'll get into that during the week. But I think some of the Chiefs' defensive resurgence is sustainable because A, Bags does this year after year where they start slow and they finish strong. And then B, Melvin Ingram was a nice pickup. He's made plays in these games. They've put Chris Jones at defensive tackle again instead of having him on the end, and he was dominant in this game. And Frank Clark's been good for three straight weeks. So suddenly your two best players are playing like the guys you're paying the $20 million a year for. And like that's sustainable. Those guys can keep winning. And the, even though I, I, I pointed out the box score looked the same and the final score was the same, the chiefs did start this game with you know 17 points in their first three drives and made big plays when they needed to. I don't think it was a terrible offensive
2: performance either. Maybe what, Ultimately, like right now in the NFL, what it means to have a good defense is to have a defense that can carry you for a stretch of time, like two or three weeks or even a month when your offense isn't quite right. And they can get you some wins that you would lose typically uh, because there aren't just a lot of dominant defenses in the league right now. And and a dominant player for the Cowboys is Micah Parsons, who has that defensive rookie of the year locked up. He was unstoppable in this game. Two sacks, forced to fumble. Um, he was a big-time player in this game. I love that theory because we keep propping up defense
4: A, B, and C during the week, and if, we, if the expectation is we really are only saying they'll be good for about a fortnight, then we're off that, <laughs> like we look a lot better. <laughs> well, right it's here. like a, a matchup thing, too. Yeah,
3: like they're capable of carrying you, uh, but they're not going to do it. Right. Yeah, Parsons had more pressures, by the way, in this game. I think that then it was a PFF stat, and then – any player ever or something like that or a certain amount of years, it was over 12. It, it, he
2: was at 12, and he got to 13 or 14 pressures in one game. I believe the Chiefs were held to 276 yards. Uh, wait, was that? Let me uh, – And they only
3: scored – the Chiefs had the double ball. check on that. To your point about keep getting the ball back, after they scored uh, 16 points because of a missed extra point in the first three drives, they go punt, punt, fumble, interception, punt, Field goal, miss field goal, punt. So mm. the Cowboys
2: defense did what they could to keep this.
4: Dan game Quinn, close. baby, assistant coach of the year candidate.
2: <laughs> uh, the Cowboys were held to 276 yards. This is the highest scoring offense in the league. Held to 5 of 15 on third down. They need to get healthy, uh, and Dak has to play a little bit better. Oh! Oh, the Wesling brothers. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, they're, they're slumping. They got to get it together. Fissures in the locker room. Now, Not infighting. Let's take a break. <laughs>
0: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? they didn't need it. Ain't it?
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: He's going to turn, give off to Jonathan Taylor, stood up at the one, false go! Number five, Jonathan Taylor has failed the end zone five times in the game. And the Colts have six more on the board. It is 37 to 7. Whoa. Joey Lawrence in Blossom. Whoa. Matt Taylor. (laughs) Rick Venturi, the call for WFNI. Jonathan Taylor set a franchise record with five touchdowns. And he took over the NFL lead in both yards rushing and TDs. And the Colts rout the spiraling Buffalo Bills 41-15 in Orchard Park. It doesn't matter anymore, but it was in Buffalo. You should know that. Shooky, we welcome him aboard now. The pipe joins us. The Colts looked like the better team from the kickoff in this game, and Jonathan Taylor has just entered into the MVP chat. Don't you agree?
6: Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I mean, you're the rushing leader and you're doing it with emphasis and and I think no more emphatic than this game today. And, you know, the Colts, they got off the bus ready to play. It was clear in their first drive. They went 11 plays for 65 yards, capped it with a Taylor touchdown. They get a turnover. They turn that into another touchdown via a pass. They punched the Bills in the mouth. They proved to them that Going to Orchard Park did not scare them. Playing in inclement weather did not scare them because they have, right now, the NFL's best running back in terms of overall rushing yards in Jonathan Taylor, who was the engine that powered them offensively with his five touchdowns. And really, the Bills had no answer. I mean, for the entire game, they had no answer. It's not even that their offense couldn't keep up. Defensively, they could not stop Jonathan Taylor, who has been this type of running back for a lot of this year. But... We aren't going to look at his season and think of a game quicker than this one because of how he did it. He ripped off long runs. He scored in goal-to-go situations. He caught passes. He did everything that was asked of him. It's the next step in what I think is... um, a, a progression in his career. It's still very early, of course, but it started in the second half of last year where he started to build this positive momentum. He's carried it over into this year and he's developed himself more as a back. He's not just a downhill runner who, who's capable of ripping off a long run. He's a guy you have to account for on every down. And the Bills simply did not do that defensively today. Josh Allen also had a rough day, uh, a couple of interceptions that were ugly and they had no answer for them when they had the ball. And that's how you get a blowout. I mean,
4: to Dan's question, And this is more about the Bills and their up-and-down struggles on offense. But wouldn't you say that Jonathan Taylor hopscotched Josh Allen in the MVP race?
6: Yeah, it's funny because they opened the broadcast in CBS talking, waxing poetic almost, about how Josh Allen is a legitimate MVP candidate and he's the reason that the Bills are where they are right now. And frankly, I think the Bills have relied on him too much to this point. And they it's couldn't not, rely it's on it's him very true, much. not true,
3: though. Not that he's been bad, but he has not been a top five quarterback no. this year. What
5: are we no, talking he's about
3: been He's been a good quarterback who had a bad game, but at no point is he an MVP candidate to me.
2: Uh, Carson Wentz, by the way, throws for 106 yards in this game. Uh, and that's all right, because when you have Taylor going off the way he, that he did and the defense playing as well as they did, it doesn't matter. I thought a turning point in the game shook, or maybe just kind of a, whoa, where are we at right now? Cause remember the, the bills were slumping on offense leading into week 10 and then beat up the jets who are a joke. And now they go up against good competition again. And we see what happens here. And there was a moment uh, in the third quarter, they're down multiple scores. They're facing a fourth and I about, about around six, if I recall, and they opt for a long, I think 55 in that range yard field goal attempt over going for it, which predictably g- goes horribly awry, and then the Colts go right down the field and score and end the game. I mean, that to me really spoke a lot about both teams.
6: Yeah, first off, not a confidence in the Bills offense to be able to convert that fourth down, but also uh, Tyler Bass's second missed field goal of the day. You know, like I said, inclement weather, so it wasn't the best situation for them, but you know how a game can go your way in a, lot of, in a number of different ways? Carson Wentz had a nice play where he scrambled. He looked like vintage Carson Wentz before – everything that he's dealt with in the last few years. It can also go awry for another team. And it was like that for the Bills with even in their kicking situation where they just had no confidence in what they were doing and knew they were getting bullied on the field and just capped a terrible day for them. That's got to make their fans think because two weeks ago they lose that game to Jacksonville and it's like, what is going on with the Bills? Then they come back, like you said, dominate the Jets. I think they're back to where they were against Jacksonville. What is wrong with our team? Why can't we put up the points that we are capable of putting up? And why can't we get a stop? So uh, kind of a soul-searching week, I think, ahead for the Bills. Well,
3: plus, inclement weather is something that's going to be happening in Buffalo. So yeah. it's like if you're not well, built for that. Well, they should be that, built,
4: exactly. They should be constructed
3: that. And I think they'll be fine. But them beating Kansas City so badly to get to 4-1, and one, and now we're sitting here with them at 6-4, and four, is one of the most surprising uh, things to happen in this entire NFL. Season. I know there's a lot of like up is down, down is up in the NFL, but them hitting the skids this hard uh, is shocking to me. I don't think it's quite as shocking that Mark's Colts. You know, he spun the wheel and it decided which fan he was going to be for the rest of <laughs> Have time. Have they lost since? And he says he said he wasn't interested in them. That he they were boring. That he, he has to be convinced. And yet here they are. Whether they. Are a big time playoff team or not? they are going to be in the center of the rest of this season. Not only are they six and five, but they got the bucks next week. They got the Colts the Patriots at home coming up they 're at arizona so there's just going to be like a lot of big time games involving the Colts. Can I down respond the stretch. yes <laughs> Please.
4: my response I fucked up because oh. first of oh. all, I already said on our network show a couple weeks ago that. I was wrong about this the Colts. Good for you! The Colts are good. Okay, they're good. They've not they've scored under 25 point points once since week wow. 3. And it it's it the what we thought about Indianapolis in the offseason was not even this. This is superseding what we hoped maybe you could accomplish with Carson Wentz. We knew Jonathan Taylor was good. We knew the defense was good. They're rounding into something completely different, and for everyone tweeting me about like some quote I made about the cults, like f- you know, thirty-five days ago, <laughs> I've already told you I was wrong. So it's what, one of eight hundred things if they didn't I'm see wrong the about.
3: That you know they
2: don't know that.
4: Well, the, you know? well in it's general, just,
2: uh, I'm telling you right now. You have to because this the podcast is canon. So yeah, if you, you say it on the TV show, yeah. that's good. But you have to come back. and that's say That's like it on extended this universe. Yes, right.
3: Good vibes, too. Uh, I, w- I watched, like, the, the very long, like, hype speech and the celebrations afterwards, and I, I loved the moment when T.Y. Hilton uh, gave his coach some love.
6: He always Mark, I, get- ju- I got-
3: He got us ready. He got us prepared to kick that ass. <laughs> <laughs> this game ball
5: is for our head coach.
6: Oh, that's nice. That's a good head. I got to defend you. I got I to defend Mark real quick. They <laughs> haven't beaten a team that was of legitimate quality until today. They didn't have a win against a team with they a winning blew record
3: until today. That's right. fine.
2: They blew big leads against the Titans. The they're Ravens, good. But they're, they're, they're good. All right. So the Colts are surging, uh, you know, getting into that division race, not completely out of the picture either, but they still have a long uh, hill to climb there. But they're certainly in the playoff mix and a dangerous team because Taylor is magnificent. Let's move on. They're going to direct snap the ball to
0: Jarvis Landry. Landry's going to roll to the left. He's looking. He's coming. And he's going to run. 10, 5. He's driving in. Touchdown. Jarvis
5: Landry, his first touchdown of the year.
2: There you go, Brownies. Jim Donovan with the call, WKRK. You got you to gotta win there. Jarvis Landry scored from 16 yards out. Nick Chubb loudly announced his return with 130 ground yards and a receiving score. The Browns edged past the windless lines 13 10 at the dog pound. Shooky this by the final score and highlights. This didn't seem pretty, but the Browns stopped the bleeding after last week's unsightly setback in Foxborough.
6: Yeah, I think that touchdown that we just played kind of captured exactly where the Browns' offense is right now. And They have to resort to putting Jarvis Landry in the shotgun and then just let him freelance and, and find an open field in the middle to rush for a touchdown. I mean, they, they don't have any rhythm offensively, But and I think today, frankly, uh, they probably lose to – 29 of the 32 teams in the NFL with the way they played. There's two Uh-oh. teams they beat in this, in this type of game. It's Detroit and it's Jacksonville. Um, they got a lot of work to do. I don't, I don't really know where the answers are. Their, their offense is a mess. Baker Mayfield does not look good because of his injuries and whatever else. But they were lucky to have Nick Chubb back. 22 carries, 130 yards. He was able to pace the offense and then close the game out in a tight one. But uh, you can't feel too confident other than the fact that you added another tally to the win column and they all count the same. So you're six and five and, and you move forward from here.
4: I So you've got, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you've got at this stage the most critical juncture in your season. You've got the Ravens, a much needed bye week to get some people healthy. And then the Ravens again. So three weeks from now, we're going to know basically what this team's all about. I think they are impossible to figure out other than the fact that I sit on the fact that they are an average team uh, that has cannot get out of their own way. And... Yes, it's injuries for Baker Mayfield, but I see a lot of other things going on with him. I, I was watching this out of the corner of my eye, and honestly, it was one of my more um, enjoyable Sundays not to fully ride the journey. Mark it's, was really in a good mood well, all I'm Sunday. Just, I, this, this I will wait until sure. they are vaguely enjoyable again. But, Shook, I'm would. I, this is. i not trying to be talk radio person, but if this is the Baker we get from now till the end of the season, Injuries or not, does it maybe operate as a blessing in disguise for the front office? They have this incredibly tough decision coming up where this extension talk makes no sense at this point. He's not earned an extension. Right, but to me oh, the decision's so easy.
3: They they have no decision to make. They're not going to give him a He did, he did Greg, ask the question, Greg. Yeah, I'm just
6: saying. Well, no, no, you're right. It, it the, is the a question option. in Cleveland. No one's saying that they absolutely. don't have no decision to make. That's not true. No, absolutely. You know, I, I get texts from you know friends who are Browns fans. Chuck Whitlock, who is uh, one of our former researchers of the network, he's moved on since then. He's an avid Browns fan. He texts me every Sunday, and he told me the same thing, which is basically. We got to move on. Like this is this guy's yeah, not yeah. the guy. But and, and by decision, you mean talking. get
3: rid of him this off season because he's under no. contract for a very cheap no. number next year. No, but Greg, no, Greg, the thing it is, Greg,
4: it's not that no one's talked about what to do with Baker Mayfield long term because they have the fifth year. I'm with you, but like, it's not a great situation for Baker Mayfield either. It's not a great look, optics wise. To well, just... he
3: didn't talk to the media. Mary Kay Cabot said nothing in particular happened to cause that. Uh, he was booed. Aggressively, so maybe he was in his feelings. Who knows? You don't want to guess why he didn't talk to the media, but he kind of stormed apparently, like, kind of walked off the field, didn't celebrate, didn't shake any hands. I, it seems like
2: if you kind of read between Messi. the lines, if you're tracking the team, he's you know, dreadfully beat up. He has all different sorts of injuries to his knee, his left shoulder, his foot. And he's getting booed in his own building, and he's there's probably a lot of frustration. Now, we'll see if it was if simply out of frustration that he didn't talk, because that's not the right way to play it either, because you just invite the firestorm of, uh, you know, everyone to talk about you, talking heads, debating your future. It just adds more fuel to the fire. That said, I think it's notable uh, what I'm hearing from both Shook and Mark. Uh, for the first time, like Browns fans starting to grapple with the idea that maybe Mayfield isn't the guy going forward. Because I haven't really heard that from Browns fans till this point. So it feels like things are starting to shift a little
4: bit That's maybe more what I mean, too. Just that, like, yeah, they can figure this out. But, like, there's a polar shift for me in terms of the Mayfield experience over the last couple weeks. And just one offseason with a bunch of, like, glowing reports about, hey, they're back in sync. It's not going to do it. They've got got questions. Right. My thing with, like, talking about the future is, Now's the
3: team that they're trying to win a Super Bowl with right now. That's what they got to be. Uh, good luck with that, of
4: Arc. That's not happening right. with this team right, right. now.
3: Right? There's there's six and five. I know, but there's six games left of the season. Like, there's a lot to go. Could happen. Right, and and even even when you're thinking about next year like are would they real like there's no way he's getting extension this off season is there any chance that they would move off of him this year maybe cuz they have a piece that you could get involved
2: in of Russell Wilson Let's or Rodgers thing but it, yeah plays it's out, such though. a long way right. to go uh, because they do get a bye there's still a lot of football the AFC is wide open we've seen the browns in their top gear even when they're not consistent they are really impressive when they're playing well but right now There's a lot of doubt around the organization, and I see how it's starting to you know the quarterback situation is back under the microscope again.
3: Also, my Tim Boyle could win a game on Thanksgiving prediction is not looking good uh, with 77 yards and two to- two interceptions. I mean, I'm if co- Chicago, how do you only win by three when <laughs> Tim Boyle at 77 yards and two interceptions?
4: Nick, that's- if exactly. Chicago's yeah. plane goes the direction of like
2: Amelia Earhart's plane, that's that's your Tim Boyle victory, Greg. Like, I, I mean, is anyone start? I know it's a very unpopular take. Is anyone going to start coming to my side and? take Thanksgiving away from the Lions for just a little bit. Oh, I, I'm take the you. keys Let's, away. I, Let's see what I've they do. Maybe they'll that. surprise us. them like yeah. a teenager. We'll give you the keys back to the 94 Civic, but you just gotta chill. Yeah, get better. You're not anyway. getting
4: the keys back either.
2: Alright, one <laughs> more uh, game before we say goodbye to Shook. Let's head to the desert. Third down and goal from the six. Shotgun snap. Burrow from the pocket. Throws toward the boom. Back. Left corner of the end zone. <laughs> boom. Caught by boom. Chase. Touchdown! <laughs> Oh, it was the Crossroads (laughs) game on the 2021 NFL schedule. The Cincinnati Bengals, they were heading down. The Raiders, they were heading down. Somebody, there was a fork in the road. The Crossroads were there. And only one team could take the correct path, and it was the Cincinnati Bengals. The killer combination of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase strike again. The pair connected for the clinching touchdown in the fourth quarter. It was a 29-13 win over the fading Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Allegiant? Allegiant? I don't even know what that word means. Joe Mixon added two touchdowns as well and what's been an excellent season for the halfback. Shook, uh, this is a much-needed win for Cincinnati that that puts them on the right path. And like I said, crossroads. They The Raiders just turned down a
6: dark road. Yeah, huge crossroads for the, the Bengals coming off that blowout loss to the Browns going into the bye week. And they spent that bye week very productively evidently based on how they played on Sunday I mean their defense was stellar for the majority of the game they only gave up one significant yeah one of them well they only gave up one significant touchdown drive uh, early in the fourth quarter and then they answered they responded with a long drive to put the game away capped by a touchdown by Joe Mixon it was uh or actually it was a touchdown pass to Jamar Chase it was a it was a complete performance I think um you know this is the Bengals team that was at the top the AFC in October this is this is how they played today and and then on the Raiders side it's hey, offense, wake up before the fourth quarter. Your defense is playing its tails off to keep you in the game and you're not holding up your end of the bargain. And and we've seen this too often from the Raiders, I think, which is, you know, one game they can come out and light it up. They lit it up very early in the season, but they haven't played complimentary football for the entire season. And that's ultimately what sank them today. And and you have to wonder, you know, the the whole, the Visashia, the boost from from going to interim head coach that's long gone now. Right and you here. just got oh the bump that's what yeah. it was. I don't know if bump was positive or negative connotation right I'll show you here. a bump the basashi the bump they took a Wait. few bumps and not the good oh. kind on Sunday <laughs> Yeah
2: okay. they they what? I watched this game too shook and uh Vegas was just so <laughs> flat offensively in this game I like a
6: nice
4: butt smack
2: once in a while I know but we don't talk about that <laughs> That's uh, not Mark. me be today careful. just to be clear Be careful with that uh and I know they got uh, if you look at the box score they they got Darren Waller back involved the, the loss of Henry Ruggs from a, a pure team perspective uh, was a real tough blow. It just feels like this offense needs to be opened up more. Derek Carr, if you look, and I'm sure he'll his ranking in the QB index has started to go uh, south with this slump as well. They're just not as dynamic as they need to be, and they weren't able to hang with a Bengals team that had its own offensive problems early in this game, uh, but Las Vegas just never was able
6: to turn it on. That's three straight losses, by the way. Mm. How about yeah, uh, uh, Joe Burrow? Go ahead, Greg.
3: No, please, Joey B. Well, I mean, Joe Burrow
6: threw—he threw for, he threw for less, less than 150 yards. They—they they typically lose this game, right? In a regular setting, they—they they typically do, and they end up winning by what was it, 19 points? I mean, 29
3: throws too. Not like that's a ton, yeah. but that's—that's that's wild. And yet, the key play of the game to me was that six-yard throw to Chase with about five minutes left to you know put them up nine and. That's a pretty throw on third down. There is something to Joe Burrow, like in big moments. I know he's had some fourth quarter interceptions, uh, but that was a big moment and he got it done. And how about the Eli Apsel, Apple Redemption Tour right now? Big time <laughs> interception in, in a key spot. It was part of there was a, a sequence here where the Raiders. I haven't had been gone tracking that as heavily. Fourteen as straight uh, third down fails. That's hard to do. 14 straight third-down failures, uh, and the Bengals are now uh, one win away from topping their over-under in Vegas. If they won
4: next week, they had the Steelers. If you go sweep the Steelers, they are in fantastic position, the Bengals. And you've you've maybe wiped away some of the questions about who are they at the basic level after a very wayward couple of weeks.
6: Yeah, because at that point you're – let's see – Two thirds of the way through your divisional schedule, with a date with the Ravens and a date with the Browns left. I mean, you're in, you're in a great spot in a division that's very winnable. A team that many of us expected to finish last in the division is positioned right now to be in it until the end if they keep and if they play like this, they got to be a little bit better offensively. But if they can get this type of play from their defense. I mean, they're going to be a tough out no matter who they play for the remainder of the season, and, and very interesting to watch. They
3: they won at one point. They lost. Remember, 15 straight road games. They are four and two on the road. Five of their last seven games are at home. Such an
6: such
2: an important win for Cincinnati because it did feel like the storm clouds were ga- gathering. That was an example of a perfect time for a buy and they were able to reset things. They got this win, and now they have a big matchup against Pittsburgh next week. But now you can go into that with confidence. And if you're the Raiders, everybody's like, oh, they're doing the same thing they did last year and the year before. No, they didn't. That, that's different. This year is different. They collapsed in November this year. Last year and the year before, it was December. So it's not the same season.
4: Well, they're overachieving on a weird, in a weird way this time. <laughs> right. They're ahead of the curve yeah.
2: in a lot of ways. That's organizationally what you want to be. Shuky, uh you look great. Uh you talk great, uh, and we appreciate having you on the show every week.
6: I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I don't, I don't know what to say. Thanks. <laughs> there he goes, <laughs> the heart of Cleveland, Nick Shook. All right,
2: let's take a break and then move on.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, goodbye to Nick Shook, and let us now head to Chicago.
5: The give is the Freeman, left side, touchdown, the Ravens, Devontae Freeman, and the Ravens have taken the lead with 22 seconds left in Chicago.
2: Wow, great! Uh, I don't know if you heard the background audio there. It was like you know, great work by the guy with the thing, parabolic the dish, Mike. the parabolic yeah, yeah. mic guy.
4: Seemed like a crowd from like the mid nineteen thirties. They were ah! lathered up. Yeah.
2: Jerry Sandusky with the call WBAL subbing for an ill Lamar Jackson. Uh, what's going on with
4: Lamar?
2: Tyler Huntley led a winning drive capped by a Devonta Freeman three yard run with twenty two seconds to play. It allowed the Ravens to escape with a 16-13 win over the Bears. Mark, the Ravens danced with the devil in this one, lived to tell the tale. That means they almost lost to a crappy team, but then they didn't.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and like a a sliver of reality would have made this the game where we're talking about Andy Dalton coming in and replacing a Justin Fields who has left the game with banged-up ribs and, you know, with under two minutes to go, it's fourth and six for the Bears. Okay, Jason Peters uh, had a false start, making it fourth and 11, and this was Chicago's final shot against Baltimore, and Andy Dalton zips a rope to Marcus, Marcus ah! Goodwin for a touchdown. They're up 13-9, and then it's Tyler Huntley, and one forty one minute left for the Ravens, and they were sitting um, at the Chicago 28, and... and Tyler Huntley played, they, they had a good plan for him. Mark Andrews was an all-star in this game. He was a security blanket for Huntley, who ran a couple times, made a couple of passes, but what happened here was they did, we can't stick to our plan. We have to let Huntley throw the ball, and he showed that he could. A 21-yard dart to Devin DuVernay, and then on 3rd and 12, a 30-yarder to Sammy Watkins to the Chicago three-yard line. I mean, Chicago slept after the Sandy Dalton touchdown. They went to sleep on defense, totally allowed Baltimore to march down the field, then bang, that Devonta Freeman touchdown. They're up 16-13, lights out. And I want to point out one other thing real quick in this game. There was an absolute meltdown for Matt Nagy. Okay, this was early in the game, where it was fourth and a one, and it was like seven to six, and they appeared to be actually going out and punting the ball when everyone else in the league is going for it. And the crowd in Chicago, we heard them on that replay, was going absolutely nuts. I am convinced that Matt Nagy was essentially, at one point he seemed to be shouting and screaming and hollering at a sound man who was controlling his headset or something. I don't know what was going on there. But then two minutes later, they're suddenly going for it. And there's fire Nagy chants in the stands. I mean, he was convinced by the booing crowd to change his decision. I think. Hey, is this when we? I was
3: doing a Sky Sports. <laughs> yes, exactly, Greg. It was. Yeah, it was live with Neil Reynolds, and I was trying to, you know, talk about. <laughs> I think the Eagles-Saints <laughs> game. And Mark is five feet away from me just going, oh, Nagy, what's Nagy doing? He's going crazy over here. And I had I had to like call it out because I didn't know if they could hear. I was like, well, what is, what is happening over is there?" he from, like, there? New York? Yeah. I like,
7: suddenly was, I suddenly was from New York.
4: I mean, it, it wiped away. I think what's lost is, like, we talk about the so Ravens. So what happened? Had that play out? It didn't work. They ran a wildcat. <laughs> they, they put David Montgomery in the backfield in a wildcat Go scenario. And what Montgomery could have... If you watch the replay... He kind of ran in the wrong direction. He could have gone <laughs> left and gotten the yardage, but they just had a bad plan for it. They just seemed mm. so discombobulated at times. The thing that this game did is it wiped out a three-and-a-half-sack performance by Robert Quinn. Roquan Smith was all over the place. It just mm. We came so close to having a very different narrative to this story. You're very and excited the, talking about this game the, right now. Well, because it was a wild <laughs> you, one. You and really the, wanted the the Ravens, to take the Ravens. The Ravens stole it away. Think of the
3: Ravens winning these games? <laughs> well,
4: what? it shows who the Ravens are, and I thought that on the flip side, John Harbaugh was nothing but utter calm through the entire performance. And you're going in there with non-Lamar Jackson and you have no business winning this thing. And sorry, but it was Greg Roman showing you I can take any quarterback and build an offense around him. The Bears were in total chaos.
2: They scored 16 points.
4: I mean, what but, am I supposed to do with that? How excited! I mean, Andy Dalton yeah. brought them life when he came in. Justin Fields had thrown for seventy-nine yards and a half plus. It was not a good performance by him. Dalton brought life. Then they went to sleep. The last thing happens, and they let the Ravens right back in. They, I mean, that was issues. the only
3: touchdown drive of the day, which is for the Ravens, which is crazy. So I'll remember a couple of things from this game. One, like, why is Wink Martindale blitzing there? All, all of Baltimore is really. Getting sick of Don Martindale this year for doing that because they've given up all these big time mm. touchdowns. And he blitzes Andy Dalton on fourth, you know, fourth and game essentially. They get the touchdown. But I will remember, I really will, I think, forever this moment, which was the second that Goodwin catches it and goes into the end zone for the Bears to take a lead. And at this point, the Ravens have not scored a touchdown all game. Um, our coworker, Danny Ryder, in the newsroom, within a half a second said, oh, they're going to lose. He's a Bears fan. He, <laughs> he didn't <knows>. even, for, <laughs> for one
2: second, he didn't enjoy it. He just said, they're definitely, they're going to lose. And he was right. So you wanted <laughs> Bears and Lions on Thanksgiving. You got it. Bears have lost five straight. And uh, they don't believe at this time, the time we're taping this anyway, that Justin Fields broke his ribs. But it's a short turnaround to play on Turkey Day. So we'll see what happens. And by the way, Marky, those Baltimore Ravens, who may or may not have Lamar Jackson, uh, we'll see how he's feeling. Uh, Harbaugh said that the illness is not COVID-19 or the flu. Uh, They hoped he was going to feel better on Sunday morning, and instead he felt worse. So we'll see what's going on with Lamar, and we hope he's okay. But uh, the Ravens and Browns clash on Sunday night football. In week twelve, could
4: be mad cow disease. Unri- we're, 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 it's just an option. We're <laughs> not saying anything. that's I mean, what you, it is. If you look at, <laughs> if
8: you
3: look at this, this Ravens season though, they could be like three and ten. They stole that Chiefs game, they stole that Lions game, they stole that Vikings game, and they stole this game. Like those are four. Do, I think they're
4: stealing what's theirs though. No, I know. I'm when just saying a, it's a wild when season. When you have a great
3: quarterback,
2: I mean. a great coach, and a great kicker. That makes a big right, difference. But they didn't
3: even the, the quarterback was Tyler Huntley, and there's no well, Hollywood saying, crowd. Uh, it's just wow. Yeah. I know. By, I by know, the way, I hey know.
4: Tony Romo, it's pretty clear that like the Bears general manager Ryan Pace took you out to like a five hundred dollar dinner, mentioning like with flowery language like three hundred times how well built the team is thanks to Ryan Pace. I mean, name dropped him twenty times. Is
8: okay, over there. No, you know what? Like, we gotta <laughs> do our show after me.
4: Sunday
2: night football every week. That this annoyed is good me. energy. This is good. Good for you. Let's move to Philly. <laughs> hurts. Gives it off inside, and no, he keeps it, and he's running forward on a fake. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, he's in for the touchdown! What a fake! What a fake by Jalen Hurts to seal this Eagles win. Oh, Meryl Reese with the call, WIP. Jalen Hurts, I think he's sticking around. He ran for three touchdowns. Darius Slay had a pick six. Eagles roll. Over Greggy Saints. Forty to twenty-nine. That's two wins in a row for the first time for the Eagles. And also Nick Sirianni. That's what the W looks like at the link. First win at home in five tries. Greggy, I know you're feeling this Eagles team. They're suddenly quite frisky. They they are, and this is
3: one where it was like best on best. I know there was a lot of Saints injuries, and they lost, and that, that's a factor. But the Saints came into this with the number one rush defense, DVOA, in the league. The Eagles came in just having rolled a bunch of these patsies in terms of run defenses, and I thought the Saints were going to stand up and, and be counted for and Jalen Hurts just makes this team go. Miles Sanders returned and had a nice day, 94 yards, too. Jordan Howard kept getting it done, 10 for 63. But Hurts on the ground is what opened it up. They ended up with 242, and Mm. it wasn't one of those where you got a big lead and Mm. then you just rack up yards. They had 152 in the first half. The Saints actually Mm. kind of made a fourth-quarter comeback to make this thing interesting. It was all about that running game and
2: those big uglies
3: up front, and they showed they're just like the baddest team
2: going right now Going on the into this game the saints were averaging less than 73 yards allowed on the ground so to put 242 on a very good saints defense or run defense i should say at the very least and the eagles have now surpassed 175 rushing in four straight games including 200 plus and three wins over that span this is they have an identity they're nasty up front and uh could do some damage, Marky.
4: Yeah, remember when,
2: like, the (laughs) Ravens... I'm a little
4: crazy. (laughs) No, no,
2: mad dog (laughs) suddenly. They
4: could because... It's a nice
2: job by the It shows,
4: like, if if you want to be a good coaching staff, you have to be willing to completely recreate yourself midstream at times. And it reminds me of when the Ravens went from Flacco to Lamar Jackson, and they embraced the concept of just saying, we were that. We'll never be that ever again because we have Lamar Jackson. We're going to zig when the entire league zags. And the Eagles, you know, Nick Sirianni was a pretty easy target for a lot of us who just watch his press conferences left and right. And then you just started to hear that the players were like, actually, we dig this guy. And I don't know what that meant. Maybe it's just like you're in public. That's what you're saying. But he does seem to have shown us he has a plan for Jalen Hurts. He has a plan for this offense, the way they're running the ball. I thought you're right, Greg. This was the acid test today. Maybe it all floats away, and instead they dropped a massive hammer. But,
3: but and they're in the mix. They, they're five and six. They're, they're in the mix. Now, it should be said the Saints were without their three best offensive players, up. four if you want to count Jameis. They're two tackles who have both been to multiple Pro Bowls, uh, were out, which was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and that helped Philly's defense show a transformation where they were really aggressive. They Again, they're, you're listening to the talk radio callers, and it's working. Just, why don't they run the ball? Why don't they be more aggressive on defense? They blitzed. Uh, they were very creative and Trevor Simeon. Uh, was terrible in this first half of the, this game. I ah, mean, he's, he's terrible, Mikey. <laughs> he, he was rough. The, the The final box score is misleading. He, they kept trying. They well, actually he's Trevor Simeon. I get it. Right, it was <laughs> I mean, but it's half a time, tough situation it, it was for New six, Orleans. It was six for eighteen for sixty yards in a in a brutal pick six. Slay got his third touchdown in four mm-hmm. games. Uh, and he just didn't give them a chance in the first half. But they're starting guys I've never heard of on the offensive line: Landon Young and I don't know. Good prospect. Good. I know.
2: Problem. I know about him. Good it's prospect. It's not good. I mean, you take Alvin Kamara out of the lineup. You know, the lineman obviously a huge deal. The quarterback, even though you know Winston is who Winston is, still an upgrade over Trevor Simeon. But you take Kamara out, this is a very ordinary team at that point. If and they get healthier, five five. I don't. I think they're still going to be in this. They got to get healthy right? in this fray. But this version of the Saints is just not dynamic. And now they've lost three straight games uh, since the Winston ACL injury. They got a tough schedule ahead. We talked about it on Thursday. And I just want to say uh, one thing on the Eagles. Half a game out, by the way, of the last spot. Uh, it's right okay. there. Nick Sirianni on his quarterback. Jalen is a special player who forces defenses to play different. You look at their stats, but you also want to do what you do well they I think they're starting to feel in that building that they have found a guy here that they could build an offense around
4: here here here's what's so huge about that because assuming Wentz plays like another game which you will it's like they have three first round picks and instead of having to go do the thing where we don't like our quarterback we have to go shop for someone else you now have three first round picks to make the Eagles about So much by so many derivations better than they are right now and surround Jalen Hurts if he continues to be the
2: guy. All right, let us head to Seattle next, where the Seahawks desperately needed to uh, win a game, but they didn't realize that Colt McCoy would be playing.
0: (laughs) Second and goal on the two. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Ball's loose on the ground. He picks
2: it up, throws over the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown by Ertz. How about Colt McCoy picking up a loose ball on the turf? and throwing a pass over the middle for a
0: big touchdown here late in the first half.
2: Colt McCoy to God. Colton Sessler's namesake delivered another trenchant performance. His second of three weeks is Kyler Murray's injury replacement in the Cardinals' 23-13 win over the... I know everybody's been waiting for it. I've been getting a lot of tweets. I've been waiting to break it out. But it's that time of year over the moribund. Seattle Seahawks at Lumen Field. McCoy threw for 328 and two touchdowns. Mark, I know you're proud of your boy.
4: This lifted my spirits because, like, here's the thing. This would have been a great opportunity for the Cardinals to have an excuse over the last three weeks to go into the tank to some degree and say, we'll get ourselves out of it, but we didn't have Kyler Murray. We don't have DeAndre Hopkins. And Cole McCoy, you ask him to come in and play three starts. One of them was a mess, but two of them have been nothing short of heroic. And today, he just showed you that when you have that backup quarterback, not the most athletic guy on the planet. Not, you know, they used to call him noodle arm. Well, you know what? It was a little bit better than that today. He just showed command of the offense. And there is what I thought the, the tone setter right out of the gate, a 16 play, 68 yard, nine minute touchdown drive the longest drive of their season in terms of plays and time off the clock. And then he answers down the road with another 13-play, 92-yard, six-minute touchdown drive. Zach Ertz was all over the place for him. And it, it's, it really became Colt McCoy battling Cardinals kicker Matt Prater, who I don't know what Matt Prater did pregame, but, man, he was all over the place. He's a good kicker in general. Missed- what, what are you trying to imply? I don't. I'm just saying he did not seem to be um, in Speaking the right headspace. He had a he had a missed PAT. He had this is on the road. He had a killer missed field goal. He did hit one a fifty plus at one point, but then missed another field goal. So he cost them seven points in a game where the Seahawks were climbing back into this thing, and it forced Colt McCoy up sixteen to thirteen to take them on another drive. He hit Zach Ertz on a twenty yarder, and then at one point he rumbled Colt McCoy for an 11-yard chain-moving first down that I thought was a bigger scramble than Kyler Murray's had all year. I mean, and Kyler Murray is, Mm. you know, infinitely more the athlete. It's not a shot (laughs) fired. More than just Colt McCoy did everything you could have asked. They had 40 minutes of time of possession, and it it (laughs) revealed basically the fact that Seattle at this point not only – Do I feel good about having forked them a month ago? They are a (laughs) low wattage bore. They look totally out of ideas,
2: and I think Pete Carroll was quite annoyed after it. Let's hear from Pete, who uh, at one point left his presser uh, only to return. He can't make sense of it. Wow, I'm just not any good at this. You know, I'm not prepared for this. This is not this. I'm I'm struggling to uh, to do a good job of you know. Coaching when you when, when you get your butt kicked in, in week in and week out, I, I don't I, you know it's just it's new territory. So, um, and I'm competing is in every way I can think of, but um, I'm just unfamiliar with that. Sounds like to me like a coach who now is starting to see his mortality. At least in Seattle, like he knows now. Not only is my team on the ropes at three and seven, with a very uh, strong chance of missing the playoffs for just the second time in a decade. He also knows he's in trouble now because the wheels are coming off and there's uncertainty with the superstar quarterback and the relationship between the team and the quarterback is not right. I think Carroll senses he's in danger at the same time, just the general frustration of a season where he can't get this team motivated to play.
3: Well, you've lost to Colt McCoy two straight years. Remember he was with the Giants last year? (laughs) in there. Uh, DK Metcalf gets 31 yards on eight targets. Russell Wilson's led them to 13 points total in two weeks ends up with 207 yards no touchdowns it's crazy and i think it's just realizing how outclassed you are right now in this division to 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 get bodied by cliff kingsbury and colt mccoy and there's no nuke hopkins Look, a lot of teams have gotten bodied by the Cardinals, but this Seahawks team, who's in primetime two weeks in a row, by the way. After this, let's flex them out a Sunday night in a couple of weeks, but they're against Washington Monday night in a week. Like everyone's going to be watching this, uh, and it, it's a it's a long way to
2: climb out
4: of. But you got to give the
2: Cardinals a lot of the credit. Yeah, I think they're like, going
4: to number one in the power
3: range.
2: They yep. are. They bailed me out with this one, I'll tell you what,
4: Vance Joseph, who you know, flamed out as head coach, has been awesome as defensive coordinator. I cannot remember a game. In the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era where that home Seattle stadium was so lustrous with booze. I mean, it mm. was as rough as it gets, and uh, that was not what Seattle the, was expecting. The Cardinals, just to point out how
3: impressive they've been, they are plus 108 in terms of point differential on the road alone. And the I did a little scribbling right here during the show. <laughs> the combined record of the teams they've played are is 29-18 mm. when they're not playing the Cardinals. So they've destroyed destroyed good teams, not just...
2: The Seahawks. Uh, And after the game, Russell Wilson, if you're wondering how he's feeling, how that finger is, the ball's coming out of my hand just fine. I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm not an excuse kind of guy. Well, we'll see. The Seattle Seahawks are in a lot of trouble. The Cardinals now get a bye week. On top of this, the fact that they come out of these three games with two W's against division rivals. Now they get a week off, and hopefully for Arizona, when they return, uh, in week 13, they will have Kyler and New Hopkins, and they'll be that much more dangerous. But Colt McCoy, there was magic Mark. magic in the air.
4: I don't know what else you can ask a backup quarterback to do than what he's done.
2: There is math to it. I, I, I was theorizing downstairs that he added two years to his career in week nine, <laughs> and then he lost a year to his career in week 10, but now he added two more here. So he's up three years now uh, of making money uh, through just three, you know three games of play. I you know if you're going to say like hey I'm going go to go to work 3 days this year
4: I'll be good on 2 of them and suck on one I like that <laughs> we philosophy get, We got we got to get Colt McCoy on the show.
3: We got to tell him about Colt yeah. Sassler we got a, maybe it's an that's, off season show. I don't know if
4: it's during the season. I feel like we could probably get That's what I'm saying. We got Seems a, possible. at this
3: point. Let's, let's, but then let's it puts me
4: back it's in this like, fanboy scenario where like I'm <laughs> frozen. Okay. I don't know what that's questions okay. Okay. to ask, but
2: that's, Is, okay. that's like Jimmy found. Like, I think we could get Rob Schneider. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think we can. Anyway, let's take a break and we'll be right back.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring,
1: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall. And
5: I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter, let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all?
6: I'm gonna be
2: honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all
0: I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think need it? <laughs> Check
5: out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shotgun. One back. Bunch formation right. Here's the snap. Texans sending people. Tannehill hit as he throws. It's picked off by King. And out of bounds inside the 20-yard line. The huge takeaway for the Texans to stop Tennessee <laughs> with 3.42 to go on the fourth.
2: You may not recognize that, that uh, the sound of that voice, but that was Mark Vandermeer of KILT with the call. Go home, NFL. You're drunk. Entering Sunday, the Texans were the coldest team in the league. The Titans were the hottest. So, of course, the Texans snapped the NFL's longest active losing streak by beating the Titans 22-13 to end the, longs, the league's longest winning streak on a miserable day in Houston. Mark, how? And we're going to get to the gravedigger. He's got an answer to this.
4: Well, Daddy did not have uh, primary eyes on this game, but if you asked me how, I'd say that they were depleted <laughs> at wide receiver, they're out of weapons, and we've watched this offense I, be challenged. The
2: am last I time. your son in this scenario?
4: Daddy, if you want to be your daddy? <laughs> I am a. I that is. I am a a We've <gasps> got
3: to stop calling ourselves daddy. I think. Why? Just generally. It, it I, makes, I found it makes my, Greg uncomfortable. I found it doesn't sc- no, it. no. I did it. I forget what scenario I did it in. I did it as well at some point, and it's just like it's. It's a virus that's spreading.
2: It is a virus that's spreading, <laughs> it's Greg It's Delta. It's like the Delta. It's. <laughs> it's maybe not the, the worst daddy, virus that's out there amongst us, but anyway. <laughs> I All just, right, then, wait! I don't need to hear from you, exactly. Mark. I want to hear from Gravedigger. Gravedigger, what the hell happened? I know you're you're missing Derrick Henry. I know you're Try missing... Try to Julio top Jones. my analysis there. Uh, AJ Brown, he gets hurt. Is it just an issue where we we've reached the level for Ryan Tannehill, who had four picks, uh, where he just doesn't have anybody to throw to and make plays with, and and now it's starting to show for real.
8: Honestly, I would love to say that that is the reason the Titans' offense was so bad, but it really wasn't. I mean. Nick Westbrook-Kina had over 100 receiving yards, whoever the heck he is. I mean, he's a second-year guy. I'm drafted out of Indiana. But um, the Titans outgained the Texans 420 yards to 190. But mm. they turned the ball over five times, twice inside the opposing team's six-yard line. One, once was a pick that was actually the Titans were in the red zone, and Houston returned it all the way to the six-yard line. So that's a huge swing. And then in the second half, the Titans had like three chances. The defense got six straight three and outs to close the game. One of them was, like, a four wow. and out. A four and out, technically. So not yes. technically three and out. But the offense, Tannehill, like, every time the offense started driving, Tannehill threw an interception that was like, what was that throw? And uh, maybe it was young receivers like Des Fitzpatrick, who was a rookie, who was cut after training camp, who was like, been on the practice squad all season and finally got elevated last week. He was, like, yelling at – Tannehill was yelling at Des Fitzpatrick before plays, like – Des you got it, you got it, you got it, like you can hear it through the broadcast, mm. and then like he threw a pick on that play, so maybe Des did not get whatever <laughs> change it was, or I don't know, I mean it's just it sounds one of like those... it was a fluke I yeah. mean you
3: they honestly they've been luck they've won a couple games like this they where have. It, they didn't look like the better team, so it was almost like overdue. they were overdue to get some bad luck, but Marcus Johnson, who was so good last week, got hurt, barely played. who knows if he'll be available for next week, and then A.J. Brown was in and out, and I don't think he finished the game either. No, he, he, so that's, he's probably going to miss
8: a couple of weeks. Like They'll probably hold him out on, through the bye, which is two weeks away. There's like Twitter doctors who are trying to diagnose the injury, but obviously you can't. I trust them. That,
2: what about the Twinkle Toes line? Or what the was it? the, <laughs> the tickle Tennessee Tickle Monsters.
8: Monsters. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of dissent on Twitter about the name, and I think <laughs> we went from a unified front to – it not was, unified yeah. and it the team felt the effects of it. Mm. Ah,
2: I like that theory. And how about if you would have told me the Texans would have played the Titans, uh the Titans today and Tyrod like oh oh the Texans won. Oh, Tyrod must have had a big game and you know he no, he had average four and a half yards per attempt. So it's not like they were, you know, like things two. up. Ran for two. He ten. did run for two?
8: Yeah, but about is five turnovers. going to
4: blow up any plans and you Two have
8: failed there. fourth down conversions deep in Houston territory. So that's like seven turnovers. How about this, though? The
3: Texans have forced 10 turnovers in the last two games. That's, that's outrageous. That's got to be more than some teams have forced all year. The that Cully is, bump. That is more than the Steelers, the 49ers, Seahawks, Jets, Ravens, Jaguars have forced all year. That's insane.
8: What that's the, the Cully carryover, the Cully kick. They were talking about it on the broadcast how Romeo Cornell got this defense locked in over the bye week or something. It's like ninety-seven years old. <laughs> how, um, I kind of, I and kind they get of... the
4: Patriots next with like like a forty-two players. Injured. That's on my
2: on. that's on my radar. By the way, I don't have yeah. as much rage towards the Patriots as I used to. Tom Brady leaving really did change some things. I think. But uh, you seem to be catching these teams at a good time, Greg. Well, you got to admit it, right? Yeah, I've noticed this
3: pattern. <laughs> they keep, like, right before teams play the Patriots, it's like, you know, they get
2: hacked down by machetes or there's viruses. It's like, put it's through a wood chipper. Now deal with New England. Like, you know, the t- every time we count out
8: the Titans, they deliver a big performance. This would be you classic Titans one. to bounce back in a huge way. They, everyone they bought
2: themselves gonna a lot of rope.
3: I mean, you're still essentially three games up on the – Colts but you're allowing the other teams to get into this number one seed race that's
2: for sure
8: are you worried about the Colts a little bit I'll say this I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs Well, you've also swept them yeah I don't think they're gonna take the division I just asked the question they'd have to take three games they'd have to do three games better than the Titans over the last six so that would be tough. right, But
3: all, all it takes is the Patriots beating the Titans next week. And you and the Titans have already let go of that number one seed. Yeah. The number one seed is, is that thing happened. Crazy, that would happen quickly.
2: So ne- that game right. is a big AFC.
4: Well, yeah, you- but remember Dan's uh, point about road teams thriving. You almost don't want to have home field advantage according to where we Ricky, are. Can point. you
2: do um, can you do some calculating and see how home teams did this week? Uh, let's move <laughs> on or a gravedigger, Somebody behind the glass. Uh, you comported yourself well there Justin, let's move on to Charlotte
8: Step the Heineke on 4th and 3 Steps up, looks to his
2: left
1: Skips through the tackle of Hassan Reddick Now he has to stop at the 45 was out of time, goes back across his body That is caught Unbelievable
8: play. play John Bates at the 36 The 6 yard gain And a first
2: down Oh, double bongos? <laughs> what are we doing? Taylor deserves those bongos. He does. Bram Weinstein with the call. W.T. Brandt Weinstein? I always get this word. I'd go Steen, but, I, but who knows? Taylor Heineke. He upstaged Cam Newton. He threw for 206 yards and three touchdowns against a defense that was ranked the best in football entering the game. And uh, Washington spoils Cam's return to Bank of America Stadium, a 27-21 win the WFT over C.A.R. Greg, I don't know what Washington's long-term plans are at QB, but Taylor Heineke is making a case with games like these.
3: The last two weeks, he's been awesome, and this was the best game of his career. He he led the league today in average depth of target, and yet he only had six incompletions. We don't normally play like a fourth and three, six-yard game, but if you haven't seen that highlight, that play was ridiculous. It was such a Favre-type play, and it typified this game because right before that, there was a third and 21 where Heineke throws a dart for 18. They rush up. No indecisiveness from Riverboat Ron at all. I'm going to let Taylor make a play, and for the second time on a big fourth down, he makes a crazy play. He's been great on third and fourth down, and I contrast that to Matt Rule, who just a little bit later, I think, in the fourth quarter, um, hems and haws and and the crowd starts booing because he's going to punt on fourth down and then he wastes all this time and then he takes the timeout wasting a timeout he needed after wasting the 30 seconds and then they don't get the fourth down either mm. and it was like Riverboat Ron decisive Taylor Heineke amazing Cam <laughs> Newton played great in this game I, Okay, great's maybe an overstatement Cam Newton played well, he played plenty well enough to win. And yet Heineke was easily the best quarterback.
2: I, yeah, that, I mean, I locked up the Panthers. I felt really good about it. and Even better early on in the game when Newton right off the bat was playing really well. So, I mean, if you're the Panthers, it's like, geez, you, you had all this momentum and you have this opportunity against Washington. And just to get beat in a game where your defense can't get stops. That's disappointing. I mean, they, they kind of, again, the NFC is so wide open, just like the AFC, that the fact that they're five and six doesn't take them out of contention. But it makes you, again, wonder, all right, you know, it's time to pump the brakes a little bit because this team might not be ready to make that run.
4: It's got to thrill Ron Rivera to, on the final two drives of the of, of the game for for uh, Carolina, to shut him down on fourth down both times. I mean, it's just like yep. – this is Iran you know, played well but then again he did have they did have a chance
3: the last at the end of the game and he couldn't get it done there.
4: The Ron Rivera experience if you go back through multiple seasons in Carolina I, we've seen we saw it last year in Washington it's like let's start 2 and 7 and then we'll start well, then we'll kick into high <laughs> gear and make the playoffs but in Carolina I feel like there were like multiple campaigns where like they'd get off to a terrible start and then rally and it's like Ron Rivera is obviously the coach of the future you stick with everyone else and they do the same thing the next year but I think part of the problem with Washington wasn't just the defense that was so off-critiqued. The offense was so out of sync. They haven't had Curtis Samuel all year long. They just haven't had the dudes. And Heineke... The one thing about him, I think, there's something about watching him that is exciting. There's an element of daring due to his game. I, I hate the gunslinger terminology for quarterbacks, but he kind of has that energy to him, and he hits throws. And he's and when he makes a mistake, he'll just keep doing it, and I, I, I keep throwing it. And I <laughs> he was he's fun love. to watch.
3: He was getting love after the game from some of the Panthers too, who were you know ex-teammates of his. You know, his first start as a quarterback was with was with Carolina. Revenge game for him, not just. Ron Rivera. And they, the they were just kind place. of like saying... Young like, Turner. They were just saying, that guy's a dog. Yeah, Scott Turner had a great day, the offensive coordinator for Washington. That That was very surprising to me to see their offense control the game. I expected more out of the Carolina defense. They had a masterful end to the first half, start of the second half sequence where they have a six-minute touchdown drive that took all the time off to end the first half, then another six-minute touchdown drive to start the second half, and you're kind of like, oh, what just happened here? And and Cam came back and everything, but Scary Terry had one of his best games uh, of his career, and Antonio Gibson, I think, looks a little more spry than he did when he was fighting injury earlier
2: in the we year. We talked a little bit. It came up, I think, on the Thursday show. Would P.J. Walker play at all in this game? And he, I don't think he did. And he didn't at all. And they said the
3: plan was to, but they thought Cam was playing well yeah. enough. They just didn't. And know.
2: after the game, uh, one thing, I guess the last thing that will come to somebody that's absorbing a new playbook is the two-minute offense. And that it kind of set up game script-wise poorly for Carolina where they needed that last – Uh, Drive And Cam didn't have the full playbook at his disposal. They did not move the ball late in that game. So tough loss for the Panthers uh, and uh, Washington's battling. uh, They're only one game game out of the wild. Yeah, it is. It is (laughs) crazy. It is stupid, but ultimately fun. Let's move to Duvall.
0: Here's a gun run to Debo Samuel coming left, right at Ward, breaks a tackle down the sideline, Debo Samuel will take it all the way in, touchdown, San Francisco.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of sauce on that. A lot of sauce. Greg Papa with the call, KNBR. Jimmy Garoppolo threw two touchdown passes in the third straight game. Debo had another touchdown on the ground, what a year he's having. The 49ers dominate the Jaguars, 30 to 10. Their third win in four weeks. Uh, Mark, this felt like a possible letdown game for the Niners, but San Francisco took care of its business in impressive fashion.
4: Yeah, I, I picked this game second in our draft, and you know I had a lot of people telling me that I was nuts to do so, but I I knew what I wanted to see. I wanted to see if they could. Be well, you could have gotten it way deeper hater, in the draft. The haters were out for you. You know what? <laughs> well, look at so, it yeah, now. Listen when you when you know what you want, you just go after it. You don't, yeah. you don't risk
2: anything. Incredibly gutsy lot. Right. So congratulations on that as well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it, well, look at, they did me wrong last week, but now our relationship is totally repaired because this is one of the teams that I went into the year wanting to love. And my love is starting to return and grow a bit. But I wanted just to see would anything translate from that Rams game. Or was that just a, you know, one of these fluke scenarios, opening drive. Once again, 49ers, 20 plays, 87 yards, 13-plus minutes. The first quarter was over in, like, maybe 21 minutes. And I was like, it was just fascinating to watch. Debo Samuel, it wasn't just that one touchdown. He led the team with 79 yards on eight carries on the ground. They basically used them out of the backfield as a running back. Two straight weeks. And they're banged up in the backfield. So they, they, they absolutely slaughtered Jacksonville. Inside the numbers, that's what they've been doing, but they had touchdown drives of 80, 77 and 77 yards in the Jaguars offense, and Urban Meyer, you know, basically called it out after the game himself. It, it, they, they, there's no growth on this offense, and in Trevor Lawrence at the end of the game, it's interesting to see a shot of him with his arm around Urban Meyer and not you know they in a friendly way i think they both know they're just they're in for it it's a long it's mm. it, it's going to be as long as possible for the rest of the season because the hope was maybe jacksonville's defense is rounding into something special not today i mean that that narrative is is over for with, a week
2: with debo and watching his great season and it's been an all pro level season for debo samuel uh that's when like kyle shanahan and he's had his ups and downs obviously uh, but we're having a really like smart um creative play caller when you have a and you have a very unique talented player like Debo when those things come together and you see what you're seeing there because he the way he's used you you get the feeling Debo Samuel's special abilities are being used to their maximum uh, efficiency in this offense it's nice to see it that way um you know in one little thing
4: like Brandon Ayuk like who was in the doghouse and there was a lot of weird stuff going on with him he, he's changed, and he had 78 yards and a touchdown any so he's added to the offense. Like He just wasn't part and of the Garoppolo's system before. And
2: Garoppolo's been pretty good over the last month or so. When they play like
4: this yeah. and they run the ball like they had, this. They like, had 33
3: you know. plays to four at one point. <laughs> that's,
4: well, that's this stupid. I feel like this probably happens to the Jaguars a lot, but they had 14 first downs while the Jags had 12 total yards midway through the second quarter. It was just like game over. Go oh. eat a sandwich.
2: All right, so San Francisco, they stay in the picture in the NFC West as the Seattle Seahawks fall further out. Let's close things up uh, with a trip to the, the darkest recesses of the AFC East.
5: To a pressure gets away, throw deep out for wide open Hollins. He's got it! The 15 to 10, and he's out at the five yard line. Oh my gosh,
2: that's good to go. He stayed in, in. bounds. He tiptoed down the end. They say he's in bounds. They'll look at this, of course, but. A 65-yard touchdown. Jimmy Cephalo, Jason Taylor, Joe Rose, all on the call there for WQAM uh, to a Bailoa Connected on a long touchdown to Matt Collins, and he threw the go-ahead five-yard touchdown pass to Miles Gaskin early in the fourth quarter. Final score: 24-17. Jets fall to the Dolphins at the Meadowlands. That's three straight wins for the Miami football team. They got uh, you know even they have a pulse, how pulse, however faint it may be in the AFC playoff race. Hmm. Two was good, by the way. 27 of 33, 273 touchdown passes. Uh, he had a, a, an interception that wasn't pretty, but that's part of the two experience. Uh, in general, I think his audition, I'm giving him so far for like sophomore season, I'm giving him, my, you got to factor in the injuries because durability, that is a skill. I'm giving him a B-minus. So far, I don't know what it needs to get to for them to get out of the Watson sweepstakes. You hand out as a, as a grader, a you
3: give out a lot of B minus. I do. I remember on our show, you would give us a post-show grade. <laughs> a lot of B minuses.
2: It's definitely, I think it's above C plus, and I don't think it's a solid B yet. It's a B minus. I think he needs to get, and now we're getting scientific. I think he needs to get to A minus to keep them out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So he's gonna have to go on a tear here, right? That's but they, science. They have
4: an intense wandering eye, and so like B minus, or let's see if it's a, out of a hundred, he gets like an eighty-six to finish the it's season. Not do it. No, no, he's got to so get to a quarterback and somewhere you, else. They think is
3: a ninety-six, and you mentioned they have a pulse, but it's interesting how the top of the NFC is much better. But if you if you look at the wild card race in the AFC versus the NFC, it's actually more open in the NFC. The Dolphins are still three games in the loss column behind. Chargers, Bengals, Buffalo, which right now is 5 six, 7 See, in the AFC. So it's kind of a – it's a big but mountain where, to climb. That's why
2: you and I differentiate because yeah. I think every team in the AFC stinks.
3: Right. I mean, I get it, but just they have more teams to climb over. And they it's have like, a...
2: oh, what about the Patriots? What about them? And no, they all stink. <laughs> and sharp like, differentiation. You know, there's no way to judge right. what's going to happen here. If they, if they here. could somehow get in, uh, yeah, then they'd have a better They've got the Panthers,
4: Giants, chance. and Jets. There is a way in if they can there's play the path. best football. Okay, okay. We
2: Elijah talked about Moore this on Thursday. How about that? There Elijah Moore, if you want to, if on the Jets side, and Joe Flacco is now the fourth quarterback to play for the team this year. What a joke. What a tough season. If you, you want to call I'm them quarterbacks. But um, Zach Wilson sits out another week. Um, but Elijah Moore, uh, Elijah Moore is the truth. That guy, as long as he stays out of uh, the Jets grinder, is going to be a big time player. That draft class in general uh, has a chance to be really good if Zach Wilson can play. But the only way we can know if Zach Wilson can play is if he actually plays. And let's hope that he is back in the lineup soon, because otherwise there's really no reason to watch the Jets.
3: Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, disagree. I'm, with
2: I'm legitimately angry. I'm not. I'm actually not. Right, you know that, they have, that part of the season. The Jets passed. right
3: now have the number two overall pick in the draft, their own pick, and the number five via uh, Seattle. Thank
2: that you, took, Jamal
4: Adams. That Jamal Adams trade is not feeling good right now. For
2: Thank Seattle. you, Jamal. All right. Don't want to see Zach Wilson get Josh Rosen. No, that's not happening. I don't believe, but you know, we'll see. All right. Hey, Ricky. By the way. Uh, That was pretty crazy. The halftime. They did this great salute to service halftime show. And they brought out the veterans. And it was the six major military branches. And the flags were out. And then this dude, they throw it up to this dude in the concourse. And he's an artist who's also a singer. And he does, like, an America the Beautiful uh, rendition of the song while painting. And and me and Ricky are like trying to figure out what he's doing. It looks like a mess. It looks we're like even... he's not going to pull it off. While he's singing and painting, and then something special happens.
7: Oh my god! This was so. We're you and I are talking to each other. We're like, oh my god, the song's finishing up. He better finish. Like we, he's got a lot of time. Looks he's like hell. Pay. Like we're like, what the heck? What the heck? And then when he flipped the painting flipped upside down, you and I were screaming so loud. We were like, we "Oh, oh my god! It was a it was an American Eagle." And Dan and I, you would have <laughs> thought it was the coolest thing. And then Mark thought we were joking, like you thought we were being just jerks. Right. But we legitimately, like in that moment, it was
2: the most impressive feat I had seen in that ever. building.
4: Yeah, Everyone. but why did I think you were what being... What about the Justin Herbert yard close. throw to
2: Keenan Allen? Because...
1: Not
3: not even that was a Phoebe though. Guess, no one else can Greg throw. Greg no, has
7: nothing to Greg, do with this. did you know it was an eagle ahead when he was painting it?
2: Let me answer for Greg. I wasn't even watching. I don't know.
3: I mean, I was uh, eating... Uh, <laughs> I was eating lunch or dinner with Tyler Dragon, our old friend our up old in buddy, the, up good in the press box. I, yeah, well, I was Mark, not aware of the entertainment. Mark
7: but, uh, Mark knew exactly what it was, so sorry. that's why he thought we were being jerks well, because no, he was like... I, we they thought He thought we were making fun of not, not
4: in a Not in a way where I was like, look at me versus you two, but I thought you guys were being kind of, like, snarky about the fact that because he turned it over. Because our reaction
7: was unbelievable. It was, like, but it
4: I, was <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, here's Mark the thing.
3: saw it coming, though. He, he was a seer. Well, no, no, he was hold playing on. chess. Yeah.
4: Look, it, I, I lack lots of skills, but, like, that that thing, like, <laughs> I saw when he was make. I said to you guys, why, like, the, there's an upside-down eagle, and it was like... I didn't hear him. Yeah, neither I didn't did hear I. Him. Well, I
7: Dan, I, you would have thought they just told us, like, we had won a million dollars. Like, I don't know what made us both react like that, but we... Went crazy. The dude was singing America was the Beautiful, singing. hitting
2: every note, painting with his hands,
7: and it was upside down. I couldn't see what it Spins was. Spins the canvas
2: around mm. in a big spot, I, and it's a bald eagle, baby. Wow. One, one thing that's that's that helped me—that's a big <laughs>
3: win for the Chargers. Like, there's a there's a rivalry between the Rams and the Chargers game day presentation. That's
7: a that's a the good most, for most for the good incredible w. thing I've I've seen. I've in been a long to time. a number of
4: places where they basically like an artist did the same thing where it's like they go through the scene. You're like everyone's like what is it okay what is it? then okay. they turn the painting around so maybe my eyes is, are, are just they more singing trained.
7: are they singing and i'm looking yeah. well I don't his know name this. is joe everson um and he only has um a thousand subscribers on youtube and only gets like 700 oh, he needs more you ha- look em. up joe everson on youtube like i everybody, everybody there was everybody sensation All right.
2: Let's everybody, the listeners, if you want to see this guy's work, please go over to his YouTube page, comment and say ATN sent you and give the man love. Oh, let's what blow a
7: Patriot. Up. Oh, my God. It just right. it blo- It just. Oh. Right, Ricky, see, I was right there with you. We had <laughs> you a moment. Were, there. Yeah, we special. were <laughs>
2: <going crazy>. dummies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go. Um Good show. We'll be back on Wednesday. A little different week, obviously. It's Thanksgiving. So we will have our next show on Wednesday. We'll preview all of week 12. Thank you for everybody. Thank you to everybody. Until then, heed the call.